Okay, everybody, we have an amazing um, surprise. Uh, just after um, the episode with Carolyn and the um, Subcontractor Institute and Quick Getting Screwed, many of you commented and, and reached out to us um, about that podcast. And I really appreciate it. Well, Carolyn's back and already working on another project. And I needed to, to circle back around to that because today in trades is the education for the service nation. You know, we have to start to learn. This is our chance to get our university, our MBA of hard knocks to learn how to run our businesses better, how to just be better. And no, we don't have to go to college for that because you have people like Carolyn and others out there ready to educate us and help us to grow our, our businesses. There's too many customers that need us to do better. And that's why we're here. So thank you for listening today and, and watching if you're on YouTube. Um, Carolyn, thanks for joining us. And let's, uh, let's get underway with, with what you've got coming down the pipe. Thanks again for having me. I'm always here to help too. It's the main thing of help people run better businesses, especially the mom and pop shops. Very good. Very good. So I hear that you have another book coming out. As you know, I always love your titles. Um, that's so important. Um, I, when I was, for those of you that didn't listen to the last episode, I was walking to a trade show uh, in Texas. I see this, um, this big, you know, Texas already has a, an interesting spot in my heart. You know, it's the most, uh, you know, you, you don't mess with Texas. And that, that's very true. And I was walking by and I saw this booth that had this big sign that just said, quit getting screwed. And I'm like, I love that because you know what? We, we need to stop worrying about beating around the bush. The truth is we do. And so I, as I, I met these folks, they have a contractor Institute, which is an educational platform that they're getting underway. I encourage you all to go over and check that out. And Carolyn, um, Carolyn Crow means for those of you who don't know or haven't read the book, she wrote a book called Quick Getting Screwed. It's all about um, subcontractor uh, relationships, management of those contracts, how to run a subcontract in a way that benefits the subcontractor, you all, as well as the contractor. So please go back, listen to that episode, get that book. Well, now on the heels of that, she's already coming out with another one, which I, I think I love even more. And I, and you guys know how much I love that book. It's literally sitting on my desk. And so talk to me about this next book. What's the title? Because I think it's going to shock people too. Well, the title is Quit Getting Stiffed. Quit Getting Stiffed. Uh, I wanted to go with Quit Getting Screwed Part 2, but no. I think actually Quit, quit Getting Stiffed is way, is way better. Uh, oh, yeah, and, yeah, absolutely. And it's all about collections and the importance, especially in the construction industry, of collections. This particular book is about Texas collections because here's the thing about the laws in all 50 states are different for liens, which is the big thing in construction. So, but at the same time, at the Subcontractor Institute, I'll be launching the rules for filing liens and bond claims in all 50 states. So that even though this book is just Texas specific, I will have a resource that everybody knows and you can buy the forms, how to file liens in all 50 states. Um, it, it's because it's so essential at the end of the day, we're all in business to feed our families and you know take care of our employees, but we can't do that if we're not getting paid. Oh man, um, first of all, Good title. Um, I've been stiffed more times than I want to admit. Learning business and the trades can be very hard because, like I said earlier, we don't have a degree on I can run a home service business, you know, um, it, and it's not the same as other businesses. And so um, we want to talk about this. But first, I like to preface this this podcast, uh, those of us out here trying to educate, we're not about making money to just be rich, to take advantage of our employees, to, you know, none of us, like, you know, Carolyn, I didn't fly in on a private jet and money is, is the health. It's the food. It's the health of your company. And I have to, those of you that don't know me and are just starting to listen to us, 
you need to make money. You need to make money to save for uh, retirement for yourself. You need an exit plan. You need to make money to pay your people better, to get the better workers out there. So I stop hearing you guys all bitch about, I can't find labor. We have to be able to run a healthy business to find healthy, good employees. Third, we have to have healthy vans with the correct tools and trucks, with the correct things we need. We need insurance. We need all these things. So if you first started listening to this podcast, you're about to turn it off because you're like, you know, I'll just make money. It'll, I'll work real hard. And one day it'll work out for me. You need to stop. We need to all dive into this. So many of you have heard many times, Sid Graff, one of my mentors says it best. Most businesses die of uh, indigestion, not starvation. I argue more businesses die in cash and, and money management. Um, the ability to not take care of your bottom line. For some of us, we're afraid of it. For some of us, we don't understand it. For some of us, we don't even know it. We literally don't even know our numbers. We're just like, I hope in 10 years, I might make it. That's like flying a plane and being like, I hope I don't crash. So enough of me on my soapbox. This is a very important topic. So we're gonna start asking Carolyn some questions because this is some amazing time with uh, an attorney that would cost us a lot of money elsewhere. So I'm gonna start asking some questions we're all thinking, Carolyn. Okay, uh, what... I've been stiffed enough times as a service worker. Um, what are the biggest areas that you see us making mistakes when it comes to collections and collecting on the work that we've already done? Well, I think the biggest mistake is made thinking that collections is a process that starts when you're owed money. Collection is the process that starts when you decide to extend credit, right? If you are working and then waiting to get paid, uh, your full amount of which we know in the construction industry nobody gets paid before they work you might get a small deposit but you're not you're going to work and then get paid and so you're extending that person credit and we need to make sure that when we do that we're informed on all the things that we're going to need to know if an issue arises on the back end and so that really starts with a process what is your collection process and putting that in place before you sign you just you know before you sign the contract before you have before it's an issue. And hopefully with most clients, it'll never be an issue. But if you have a process, you know what's gonna happen next. And what I tell my clients is that, okay, I'll help you set up a process that's based on your state. So like, like I said, I've studied all 50 states. The main thing is that they have is that is the same is that because the owner doesn't know who the subcontractors and material suppliers are, there's always a notice provision where you have to send notice before then or you notice before you file a lien. And so it, the timing is different in all 50 states, but the main component is to find out who, if you're not working directly for the owner, who the owner is, have that all squared away, you know, have a contract, obviously, with whoever you're working for, get everybody's address. And so that you can send the proper notices when you need to. Don't be wrong. You can always send them early if you know that there's an issue, but you know, these are my exact deadlines for this situation. I need to send a letter that I'm unpaid by this date or I won't have any lien rights. Because, and here's the thing about the construction industry. Because it runs on credit, a lien is essential and knowing how to do it properly for your state is essential because it gives you a security interest, right? There's two types of credit out in the world. There's unsecured and secured debt. And unsecured is like when you have a credit card, your Home Depot credit card or whatever, you get a bill every month, you pay it. There is no asset set aside for that credit card company to go collect if you don't pay. They got to sue you, get a judgment, and then try to collect it. As where if you have a mortgage on your house, if you don't pay the mortgage, the mortgage company is going to foreclose, kick you out and sell the house to satisfy your debt. A lien is the same thing. 
it is a security interest like a mortgage on a piece of property that if you don't get paid, you can foreclose on and sell the property to satisfy your lien. But in order to have such a strong remedy, there are notices that must be sent timely, liens that must be filed timely. Some states require that you send notice within 20 days of the first starting, like first starting work. It's all different across all 50 states. But the main thing is that before you can have such a strong remedy of a security interest in somebody's property, you got to send them notice. And so having a collection strategy based on that, that starts in the very beginning, what information am I getting about this project that I might need later on if it becomes an issue? Okay. So what I'm hearing from you is me at the brewery saying to the contractor that, yay, you owe me a little bit of money. You seem like you're getting behind. That doesn't satisfy a official, official notice. That doesn't yeah, work. Unless, or, unless, or you, unless, unless later on, he'll, he'll, he'll agree that you said that. <laughs> oh, we're, we've been friends for years though. Carolyn, <laughs> yeah. I, I know. Um, secondly, wait, so you're saying that I have as a subcontractor, I have some power in this equation because I thought they have our money. So therefore they are in charge. So I'm hearing from you that actually maybe we need to change our mindset to say, look, that's our rightful money. Um, hope for the best, right? I, and we hope, but man, so many times you get in this trap and this happened with me, you know, especially a glass shop in a, in a blooming um, city. When things are going well, everyone's paying, but then when things go south and you're mid project, all of a sudden people can't pay <clears throat> 2010. So let's not forget that that happened. So um, here are some hard knock things that I think I just heard from Carolyn. First of all, we can't just say, oh, they owe us money and think it's the Wild West and we're going to go beat them up and get it back. If we don't do our job, we may never see that money. Second thing I heard, right? And correct me if I'm wrong, go into jobs with the best of intents. This doesn't mean that we have to assume everybody's going to stiff us, but just like you're getting on a, a boat and you take everybody through what the safety protocol is if something goes wrong or you get on a plane and you got the, the flight attendant showing us how to buckle our seats, et cetera. We have to prepare for if things go wrong, are we protected? Assuming things are going to go well. So I'm asking a lot of you out there to change your mindset right now from, oh man, we got that job. Let's have a beer. Let's get excited. And then hope to get paid to good. We got the job. We need to protect our quality of doing the work we told them we would do see quick getting screwed the book make sure our contracts are in place but then now we also need to protect what processes do we have to make sure we get done so what i heard is we have to let them know we have to file the notice that of, of the way we need to set up ourselves for success so let's talk you know let's, we'll talk about that a little bit more what what that looks like common mistakes in those notices and where we can go to find them then if they're not satisfying when we are to be paid, we need to make sure we're being we're documenting that in a place where if it ever goes to court, and if any of you have talked to an attorney, what I love and hate about attorneys is I'm like, oh, but I really, I really like this. This my business partner. We're gonna always get along. And attorneys will always say, well, let's pretend everything goes to hell, and I'm and then let's make a plan. So I want to talk about those like practical things that we can do so that if you have to call up Carolyn and say, um, I need you to help me in court, she's gonna say. Did you go listen to the podcast and read my book and you got your folder ready? So let's talk about that. So Carolyn, let's talk about like the three kind of main steps or maybe it's four. I don't know. Let's take through the steps. And what would you tell me as a contractor to get prepared in case it goes to, goes to hell? The first thing is, regardless of who you're working for, or how small the job is, something in writing that describes the terms, a contract, a clearly written contract, because without that, it's, it's just a he said, she said. So can an email work or does it have to be official? 
no, an email can work. You can write it on a PO as long as it is there's some type of I would just I recently wrote a blog article on this on the on the on the residential side is that I promise you when you a contractor hired by our homeowner, the homeowner has a picture in their head of what you're going to do and how it's going to happen. And the picture that you have is going to be way different than the picture that they have. But if we don't put something in writing that makes us have the same picture, people are going to get pissed off. And, and then it's just, just going to be a fault at the end of the day. And then when I go to court to try to say, but my guy was hired to do this because he said so, they're going to say, no, he was hired to do this because I said so. And then it's just an expensive litigation. Nobody wins except the attorneys because we're getting paid uh, without it. So if I have even the slightest three lines, something is better than nothing. Yeah. And if you hate, and if you hate typing and you're not using bid clips, the software or like that, that does this, it portrays, this is what we're going to do for you. Here's when we're going to need payment. Here's what you can expect. Please look at it. You don't, this does not have to be a hard thing to do for some of you. I, no, you hear that and you think, oh, okay, do I, I don't have time for that. I'm too busy. If you're too busy getting stiffed, why, why, go go to the beach, go work for a nonprofit, really. So listen to what Carolyn's saying. We have to present our preliminary bids and our scope of work clearly in our terms. You know, again, I don't, our sponsor of the show is BidClips, right? We have those tools, but for any of you out there, that can be an, an, a template of some kind, an email template or um, a terms. And if you need some of these resources, please visit the Subcontractor Institute, please reach out to Carolyn, to others that are there to help you and get these and so that you've got a process in place. So we have technology that can do it, not just us, others. We have templates. But so I, what I'm hearing is you start with the process. Tell them what you're going to do. Do it. Tell them what you did. And then be ready to send the bill. So we got to tell them what to do. Good. Okay. So I think I've got it. I think I'm tracking. Okay, you got that. And you have it someplace where if it ever becomes question, you can pull it up. We can we can go over it. That That's the first thing because it you're going to need that when you're in a legal dispute. Okay. So not so a giant, then, so not like a shoe box with like scribble. I paper. mean, if you want your pay your attorney to go through 30 shoe boxes, okay. fine, which it's bunch happened of before, but we charge by the hour and it's probably not <laughs> the best spend of your money. So. so let's get organized, everybody. We've got Google Drive on your phones for Android users. You got iCloud. There are so many ways to store your things with like a few educational items. So very good. Keep it organized. Keep it clear. And so, and then, and then here's the thing in that, in that document, it's going to spend, spell out your payment terms, right? Be consistent with those, whatever mm -hmm. it says, if it's a milestone, you're going to get an invoice, then do that. When you reach that milestone, send an invoice. And so that yes. they know that you want to be paid because sometimes they don't know, right? And they don't Pete, know that you've reached this milestone. Right. And for Pete's sake, collect a deposit, everybody. I don't care. I don't care if you're doing a hundred thousand dollar job or a $4,000 job, get a deposit. People are going to say, yep, that sounds good. And then the spouse comes home and, or the partner and says, what? I'm, we're not doing it right now. And it gets awkward. I've been there a million times. And there's nothing worse, nothing worse than rolling up to a job with the product to do the job and have the customer say, oh, I'm so sorry. We already had it done by somebody else. That's even worse than a customer being mad about what you did because you can at least fix that. They, exactly. But for them to be mad because you never made them collect. So your terms need to be consistent. If you're Big Clips users, which are a big ch chunk of our listening base, collect, click on the bottom payment, you know, and put 50% down, 25%, $10, whatever you want to do. It's just a click of a button and it's consistent that way. Very good. That's awesome. And so then some other things as well, the job is going on, be 
keep records or in your records, if you're paid with a check or anything like that, that is helpful information to have for later on, right? Because like, if you ever do have, get in a situation where you have to get a judgment, one of the best way to collect is out of bank account. So just be mindful of how you get paid, keep copies of all checks. And then whatever it is, like in some, whatever it is in some states, the first step of when you have to send notice, be aware of that date, mark it on a calendar, especially if your jobs are, most states are from when you start your work is when the timeline starts to tick. Okay, Not so let me, let me ask, let me ask that. So you, um, this, this is a bis, big misconception. A lot of us won't even send notice till like they're 60, 90, 180 days out. And we're like, what do we do? And we're scrambling to call you. Um, is it proper? Is it good form to just send notice to a contractor, to a main contractor at like a certain time in every project regardless? Or when is, the, what's the requirement there? And see, that's the problem. It's different for all 50 states, ah, mm -hmm. right? And so we need to, it needs to be a specific plan based on your state. But the thing is, is that even if your state is 180 days after first work, you can always send it early. There is no penalty for sending it early or often. And you're more likely to get paid the more notice you send, right? Will, will, you, offend, will you offend the contractor's accountant by sending a notice? <laughs> yeah, obviously not. Uh, and and if, like, if you're working for the owner, they already know that they owe you money, right? Right, right? And so, and if you're not getting paid and they know you owe you money, then you definitely want to make sure you follow the lien process because then you'll have a security interest in their property. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, don't yeah, and, do mm -hmm. that. You just have a breach of contract, which is, is not as good. It's, it's having that security interest that means something because at the end of the day, if you don't get paid, you could force the sale of the property to get paid yeah. and nobody likes liens on their shit at all. So no, no, I get it. And the truth is true. And the, you know, let's go back. I'm old enough. 2010, we had contractors that were amazing contractors, good friends of, of mine and good hearted. And then all of a sudden the economy turned quickly and luckily, luckily we, we had our, our ducks in a row, to, but a lot of this, I was scrambling for some of them just to like make sure I was following the process. And yes, everybody, sometimes a homeowner or a contractor might say, what's this, what's this notice of lien? Start teaching yourself, say, oh, it's not a big deal. It's just that in the event that something goes wrong in the end, we're covered. It's a formality. It's a legal requirement we have to do. You're good. I know you'll pay us. It, you can still treat it with candor and respect. I want to challenge you all, though, to realize what does that say about your company to the customer, too? It says we care. We care about details, work. Just like the last episode with Carolyn, we talked about the importance of a, a strong preliminary bid. It says if we're going to take this detail into presenting our service, you know, a $10,000 service deserves a $10,000 presentation. Okay. So if we're not doing those and we're not following these notices, customers start to get anxious. Is this company going to finish what they said they were going to finish? And, and the more you can calm those nerves. So I'm asking you to flip your mindset from, oh no, I don't want to scare away my big contract. He pays all my bills, you know, with a notice of lien. I think that's overkill. That's that's the wrong way to look at it. And if they have an issue with you simply following good business practices, then that's on them. And here's the thing is like in the situation where there's a contractor between you and the owner. And if the owner's truly not paying that contractor, sometimes you sending a notice will get them paid. Yeah. And you could be, it's not, it's any, not anything personal. I'm just protecting my rights here. Right. And the other thing that is essential, if there is somebody, but you know, if the contractor goes out of business, you can still have a lien right, right? Yeah. So mm -hmm. say you're working for a contractor that's working for an owner. If you don't file a lien, your only remedy is to sue whoever hired you, as uh -huh. opposed to, you can now sue the owner if you have a lien. 
Yeah. So wow. Interesting. It, it really, it really protects the money that you're owed. And if you do it right, it can open up so many opportunities for you to extend credit mm. because you'll know that you get, pay, you'll get paid. You have a security interest. Right. In so, okay. Inter- interesting. So you're saying it's just for, uh, for the simpletons that don't have the degrees on the wall behind us, what she's saying is that if we follow that process, not only are you protecting the money, you actually can give better service because if you're, if you know that you're not going to get stiffed, you can maybe if they are a friend of yours that are going through a hard time or something, you can follow the process and you can still work with them to try to get a, a mediation without it having to go to hell in a handbasket. My next question on that, because I, I just have to ask. So let's say the market turns or something happens all of a sudden now, oh my gosh, I'm extended out 30,000 and, and I've done my job. I've listened to this podcast. I've read your book. I've got all my stuff together. Will those companies get reimbursed before other companies or how do that, how does that come out? I mean, there's, you know, I've, I've watched big companies in, in my home state go under and they leave, like, they've got like 50 contractors that they owe money. Where, where how does that put you in a line? I mean, you're definitely a priority because you're security interest and not just a priority with a contractor, but with the owner, because if you have a lien on somebody's property, they can't sell it. They can't, they can't transfer it. They can't take a mortgage until they pay that lien. Oh, wow. So you, you freeze them from being able to do anything. And like I said, if, but especially in hard economic times, you need to make sure you have your lien rights because contractors go out of business because they aren't being paid by the owner. Right. Right. So it's a trickle down. It's a trickle down effect. It's not always their fault. So your lien interest against the property Mm. is superior and the contractor, the owner's probably going to pay you before they pay the GC because they have to. Right. I love, I yeah, yeah. I love, I love boating. You know, our family does a lot of uh, boating. We have a cruiser and we stay the night with our little girls. And one of my biggest things I, 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 my wife will tell you that my anchor's not set like, well, I'll, I won't sleep all night. You know, if I didn't get a good set, cause I just don't want to be like drifting into the shore. Um, to, don't get your all worked up. Everyone's in 1993. It's not like we're rolling in money, the, the, but the point is um, with my boat. So if you're not treating jobs where you're setting an anchor of security, knowing, okay, I'm, I'm anchored to this property, not just the relationship, which relationships we, I have friends, you do too, Carolyn, they go up and down. This is sounds to me like it's more like, this is a, a structural part of your business. And so I hope that analogy is not too far fetched, but it's a, it's the way we change the way we look at this process, I think will help us to not treat it like an annoyance and more of an importance. So okay. it, it, it's serious. It's serious business. It, it, it's serious for you. It's serious for them. And, and here's the, here's the thing, guys. I know that there's that line of, oh my gosh, I don't want to push. But at the point that you're filing a lien, you've already done the work. You've already spent the money. You deserve to get paid, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and what are we in business for if it's not to make money? Like all the things that you said. And so when you're sending these, so like at Subcontractor Institute, there'll be the breakdown for all 50 states. You can buy the documents for us. You can you can call us and have us do it for you for different rates. But the main thing is that all these notices when they're sent, they need to be sent certified mail. And so when you're sending notices, whatever it is, sometimes it's just a statement, an invoice. After the initial thing, if you have to send it more than once, send it certified mail, put the certified number on the letter that you send. So that way it can always be tracked, even if you don't get the green card back, because we all know post office is sometimes unreliable. You never get the green card back or the letter. But if you have that number on your letter, then you can easily track on the UPS website where it is. I was going to ask my next question. So how do you make that easier for us millennials who don't even know how to put a stamp on a, on a envelope? Can you send certified mail online? Um, I, I really you don't know. Can, I've always done you, it manually. I know you can. Here's the thing is that for lean services, uh, you know, 
The problem with them is that that I've seen from my experience is a lot of them are the same for all 50 states, which can't be right because all 50 states are different. Some require notice up front within 20 days of first work. Some don't require the first notice till after 180 days. So it's different across the board. And the other one, I've never seen a lien filing service take a letter to the post office. And here's the thing about that is that you cannot prove when that letter was sent unless you take it to the post office and get stamped. Uh, because when we go to court and it shows up in the, in the mail system on the 16th or a day later than it should be, I have no way to, to say that it didn't go in unless you actually archaically take it to the post office and get it stamped. Uh, okay, good to know. So um, really, there's not a lot of ways around it, but here's what I'll challenge most of you. If you're listening right now and you're driving in your van, um, what would a $20,000 hit to your business look like? What would a $100,000 hit? So when we're a little bit frustrated by this process sometimes, or we're trying to make it and, and prioritize it, obviously running a business is about risk and reward. Not all of us run them perfectly to the book. It's where is your risk tolerance? I'm asking all of you out there, just like when we're following OSHA, you're buying tools. Should I let that old 1994 van? Because I love old trucks and stuff. Is it When does it become unsafe? This is part of uh, your business discussion with your accountant and your attorney, or just yourself, your spouse, your business partner. Um, how much can we afford to lose? Because if you can't afford to lose it, because you're probably not estimating it correctly in the first place, see other episodes, it's even more important. So I hope you're taking this advice because I would hate to call Carolyn, and she's obviously a friend of mine. And if I was ever into trouble, I'd hate to call her and have her be like, I would love to help you, but your stamp was two days later. <laughs> it needed to be, it would just be like, she can't, you know, so let's give her the chance and those to help us in the event that we see a tough situation, which obviously we hope doesn't happen, but just like you never hope to use your airbags, let's make sure they're still working. So fantastic. All right. And, um, and then, so now let's talk about, so we have intent of work, clear expectations Two, we have, um, your notice, your notice to filing on time, in writing with a stamp and filed away where you can find it in the event that things get get ugly or you don't get paid or the econ economy turns. Not that we've ever seen any of that sarcasm. Now let's talk about the third one. Uh-oh, my buddy Bob the Builder is not paying Carolyn. It's been a month. I see him. He's avoiding me at the brewery or, or at the park. Things are getting a little bit awkward. I filed my notice. I did my job. What's next? Okay, so the, usually the notice is just sent via mail. And so that at some point in time, you would have to actually file the lien, which is at that point involved, you can do all the notices yourself, but I would highly recommend hiring an attorney. And here's the thing is that shop it. It doesn't have to be expensive, right? Sure. I have a subscription plan for unlimited liens. It's like, you know, $1,000 a month, or you can buy a per lien of, a, you know, like 700 mm -hmm. bucks per lien. It doesn't have to be expensive. Perfect. And especially it depends on the amount that you're looking for. But at that point, you need to get an attorney involved because it's got to be filed in the county records or superior clerk, depending on what the state calls it, their property records of where the property is located. And that all has to be done correctly so it can be found. So at that point, you're talking to an attorney said, hey, I know I followed my notice provisions. I got proof of that. It's now time for me to file the lien. Can you help me get it done? And they, um, you know, shop it beforehand. And that's another part of the strategy up front is finding that person or that whatever you're going to use when it gets to that point before you need them. Cause you don't want to be rushed in that decision. Right. And even if you don't hire them at that point, you're just like, okay, I've talked to you. I have your information. And when I'm ready, then I'll come back and hire you. But having that set up on the front and the front end is priceless because it'll take a while to find that person. 
Oh, that's awesome. And, that's awesome. And so that kind of goes back to like my grandpa used to always say, he's like, have a, never get cheap, have a great accountant and a great attorney, you know, meaning have a relationship, you know, and, um, and in my local town, I, I, my attorney and I, you know, we, we hang out, we have dinner probably once a week, just to get to know them, get to know who they are. Um, you know, and it doesn't always have to be that level. What I'm, what I'm hearing from Carolyn is do your research, prepare, you know, make sure, like I said, when everyone comes on our boat or, or we go on, I said, we go over, here's the safety protocol. Here's where your life vests are. This is what we do. You know, just have it in place. Then if something happens, if I hope it never does for most of you, but if you have to start chasing some money, um, that's, that's key. So do your research. You don't have to overspend on liens, make sure they fit your state read Carolyn's book, quick getting stiffed Four, make sure that you bring Carolyn's book in with you. When you talk to an attorney and say, Hey, is it, you know, are you, are you this good in your state? Um, and, or just call Carolyn's office, whatever you want to do, just make sure you know where you're at in the event that one of these big, and this is where I'm talking mostly to our big subcontractors here, meaning doing big projects, especially if it's over a hundred thousand dollars, when it's big enough where it could wreck your business, really make sure that you have a good working relationship with your accountant and your attorney to make sure you're getting paid. And, and then most importantly with your accountant, I'd say, make sure you know how much you need to get paid when throughout the project. Too many of us will mortgage our home because we're good people. We'll go too far. We'll decide not to pay ourselves because we have some savings. That's not good business. And it doesn't have to be ran that way. That doesn't mean you have to ask them to pay you every day. It means you need to know your cash flow of your business. And remember, it's not your business isn't what it means to you. It's also what it means to a potential buyer, um, your exit strategy, your financial plan, your goals. So please don't hold that in your little shoebox and think that you're in full control. So be working with your accountant, work with your attorneys and get ready for the collection process. So now let's talk about the collection process. So now we've, we've gotten, we, we have our attorney. Now I got to make that dreaded call. It's been 60 days, payroll's coming up 90 days. I don't know what to do. Um, what, where do I go next? And so you probably, and, and like a lot and 90% of the cases, if you're following the process of following a lien, whatever, you're going to get paid before that point. Mm -hmm. It's the extreme ones that happen, you know, and usually in that situation, for some reason there, there's an issue with the money and there's no, there's the lender problem. There's something. And so then you have your lien filed. And so then, and here's the thing is that when you're interviewing attorneys, make sure there's something that somebody that does construction law and is familiar because it makes all the difference in the world. You know, attorneys specialize in different things mm -hmm. and a construction attorney, number one, liens are difficult to do. So you need somebody that knows that particular area. But then when it comes to the decision, okay, I filed my lien. The next step would be filing suit to enforce that lien, which is a major step that's litigation. Here we go. Uh, once, you, once you open that can of worms, you can't undo it. And what are the risks involved with that? And, and what, are the, what is the exposure? How long is it gonna take? Those all depend. And there's some situations when it doesn't make sense to, to file a lawsuit. Like say, because most construction projects start and they're in construction financing or a new home build or something like that. They're in what's construction financing, meaning that they're gonna have to go to a final closing before the project's done, right? Uh -huh. And it, during that closing, any liens that were from first finance to final, to final completion are gonna have to be taken care of. So in that situation, it would just make sense to just sit on your lien because they're going to have to take care of it. But in some other situations, when they're not going to sell the property, if there's no loan on it, then we might consider, based on the amount of lien, if we're going to move forward or not. Okay. And all states are different on whether you get your attorney's fees back or not. These are all, this, at this point, it's a very serious consideration because 
once we open the litigation floodgates, which is what has to happen, you're you susceptible to counterclaims. Don't be wrong, during the whole project, they never said you did bad work, but now all of a sudden the bad work yeah. claims are going to come uh, because that's what happens. He, and left so, dust, he left dust in the entryway. Exactly. 17 dust particles everywhere. Therefore, I don't owe him $100,000. Exactly. Crazy. And, yeah. And like I said, but the more you can do on the front end, and, you know, even like, if you find a service like my law firm, we work and we work in all for liens in all 50 states on the front end, like a collection agency. We're making phone calls, which is more than just sending the letters, right? You can send the letters all day. Nobody's going to read them. Nobody. But if you're making the phone calls, you can usually gauge whether you're getting a response, whether you're going to get paid and, you know, what it is, what it's likely to happen, whether you need to file a lawsuit or not. And so just the more that you can be involved in, um, and making those phone calls and reach out and, and even having your attorney or your collection department reach out and say, hey, you know, this lien's been here. Tell me what's going on. Because if you can get them to make a commitment of, you know, $1,000 a week or, or something, mm -hmm. that's better than going to litigation, depending Absolutely. on the amount. Yeah. But, you know, just be involved. And, and, and you know, if you're, not, if you're not getting any response, then you don't have a choice. But yeah. these are all huge things to consider before we go down the next route. Yeah, that's really a good point. And it goes back to also getting to know your law firm, you know, and like I said, not all of them are going to know you personally. I've been lucky, of course, and he bills me every dinner. So don't think it's cheap. I'm just kidding, Andrew, but not really. Um, no, and, uh, but what I mean is knowing them. Um, yeah, there's many times that you can just say, and, and luckily, knock on wood, you know, we've never been sued over the, you know, the um, 25 years and in, in business. Um, but a lot of that, that could have gone to litigation. We've not done some things, talk to the attorney, how much is that going to cost? How can we make it right? And there's been many times I've watched my own family, my managers of shops, you know, just say, Hey, we didn't scratch your car, but you know, what? we're going to paint the whole thing. Or we didn't actually, you know, mess up your tile job, but we'll have it retiled, you know, for shower enclosures. Um, sometimes it's cheaper to just take care of it. But that has to be a good discussion with your attorney and as, and your accountant on, can you afford to do that? <laughs> you know, if it's a $10,000 change order you're fighting and that's not going to make payroll. So like it all, this, a lot of this goes back to knowledge. That's why we're here. You know, today in trades is to educate the service nation that then second part is relationships, relationship with the contractor with your process. Yes. A relationship with your process, use technology, use easy ways to do it. Um, I would love to see more people in the comments um, discussing how they work together, you know, but no one likes to talk about our topics because they're, they're not fun, but these are important. This is eating your, your meat and potatoes of our businesses, everybody. And it's very important. Um, Wow, this is this is fantastic. You've taken me through a journey that I wish I had known when I was 19. You know, this is just really important stuff. I don't know if I would have listened. Um, but those of you that are listening right now, they're taking over your family businesses. Please do these things. It's never too late to start making these changes. Um, and this is awesome. I'm excited for the book. So when is it coming out? Putting you on the spot. When's it going to be available? And where do we go? September 14th on Amazon. Uh, awesome. My name or quit getting stiffed. Uh, it'll be out there. And at the same time, the 50 state, all 50 states will launch on subcontractor Institute. And if you have particular questions about your state, call us, we'll help you set up a strategy on the front end of, okay, here's when you need to do something. Here's when you should do something And here, you know, so you can handle as much of it as you can in house awesome. before you have to hire a lawyer. Awesome. Awesome. And do I get a signed copy? Of course. Oh, yes. This is my sparkly orange pen. It's my yes, favorite. <laughs> so excited. I love it. Um, no, so quick getting stiffed. So if on your desk next to your 
pile of uh, unsent notices and uh, and invoices. And the last point I was going to make, again, I got to thank VidClips. They make the show possible. Otherwise, I don't, you know, I'm not able to get paid to, to talk to my friends. Um, but with VidClips, we have these processes. If you're struggling to keep some organization, you know, that's called sales management tool. As you can find out, it's more and more important. Uh, and you're not competing against the other electrician, the other glass guy, the other remodeler, the other framer. You're competing against Home Depot, Amazon, um, and the customer's expectations now. And especially if you're not telling what you're going to do and you're not over communicating, you're in trouble because just because we're quiet, we do our work. That's not, people want to know, what are you working on? When's it going to be done? How much do I owe you? You know, and um, I know that can be a hassle, but it's also an opportunity, everybody. So this is a great renaissance, a, a new frontier of home services. And we have a great opportunity out there. So um, I want to thank Carolyn and, um, and for the small businesses, the last point, take credit cards. I forgot to bring up that point. Don't, don't complain about the credit card fees. Make it easy for people to give you their money 24 hours a day. You know, you can easily have a link to your QuickBooks. You can use big clips. Let them just give you money. They want to. They want to say, I'm invested as well. Here's my 10% down. I expect that. Because for me, if I pay somebody, I there's a better chance they're going to show up. We can't be like, I'm not going to pay them, you know, and then they're going to take my money and run. I mean, this isn't 19, this isn't like the, the 20s, you know, I mean, reach out, make it easy for people to pay you, make it easy for them to understand it. And whenever we present our services to somebody, make sure that they can then past that, whether it's sending a link from the big clips bid, or whatever to they, they can articulate what you said to their spouse, partner, or friend. If we're not doing that, they didn't hear you. You know, mm -hmm. like my, I have two little daughters, a four-year-old and a one-year-old. If they don't repeat it back to me, <laughs> I know they didn't hear me. <laughs> so anyways, um, thank you, Carolyn. Fantastic. Quit getting stiffed, quit getting screwed. Your two books you need on your desk if you're running any kind of business in home or business services today. So um, I'm excited to see where you guys head. Subcontractor Institute's awesome. Um, I am a member. I need to spend some more time in there. And I hope to have you on the, on the show many more times. Perfect. Great. Thanks again for having me. Thank you so much. It's been a great week. Everyone get out there, smile, work, um, and enjoy the opportunities we have. Thank you, Carolyn. Thanks.